Welcome to The Literary Life. I'm Mitchell Kaplan, and I have a confession to make. I have a terrible obsession. I am obsessed with typewriters. Uh, It's an obsession that I share with a lot of other people, including many, many different writers who still write using typewriters, including people like Tom Hanks and many, many others. And it is my absolute pleasure to be sitting here on The Literary Life with Paul Schweitzer, Paul runs, along with his son Jay, one of the finest typewriter emporiums in the entire country. It's called Gramercy Typewriters, and it's uh, literally across from the Flatiron Building, which is where their repair shop is. And they present and still have some of the most remarkable reconditioned typewriters uh, that I've seen anywhere in the world. I I'm so fortunate to have Paul visiting Miami with his wife, and I thought it would be an absolutely excellent time to talk to Paul just about something very simple, which used to be at the center of almost everybody's lives, and that is the typewriter. Paul, welcome to Literary Life. Well, thank you very much. It's it's very nice to be here. It's nice to see you again. So, you know, you are the second generation uh, at Gramercy, but you also work with your son, who's the third generation, right? Yes. Uh, My father, Abraham, started this business in 1932. Uh, I came along and and came into business with him in 1959. My son, Jay, uh, he came in maybe 10, 12 years ago. Uh, Even though he was much younger, he would help me in the store when he was just a, a teenager and always found it very interesting. And he took to it. And uh, if I had to say during these past few summers, uh, my grandson, uh, Drew and, and Jake, uh, come in and help and help out and learn something about what their grandfather does, which I always say is my fourth generation here in Gramercy Typewriter Company. For all of those people out there who don't remember and don't know, paint the picture for me just how vibrant the typewriter community was when you started. Well, of course, when I first started, every desk in the city of Manhattan had a typewriter on it. It really kept us very busy. We had a lot of competition, but because my father had these customers that he stayed with us for so many years. Uh, It just found it to be very enjoyable uh, going out and servicing and being in demand. What were the most um, popular models in those days? Well, of course, when I came in, there were still many Royal Underwoods, Olivetti's, Remington. These were all manual typewriters. All manual typewriters. But in 59 and 1960, IBM started to uh, sell more and more of their IBM electric typewriter for personal use. That was the Smith Corona uh, portable electric typewriters. And I've seen many different changes in the typewriters as they were manufactured over the years from IBM Selectrics to the IBM wheelwriters that were now into the 1980s. Uh, to word processing typewriters, 
all the way to uh, the computers and the HP laser printers, which of course we we still service those. Now you service them, but in the old days, did you sell them as well? Did you sell new ones? Well, for a while, we did sell new typewriters, and those were the portable typewriters, which would be the Hermes Hermes three thousand typewriters was a very popular machine. The Smith Corona portable manual and Smith Corona electric typewriters. So we did sell those machines new. Where but, were you located back then? Well, at, when I first started with my father, we were at 10 West 23rd Street, right off the corner of Fifth Avenue. And then in 1963, we moved into the Flatiron Building, which is on the corner of Broadway and 23rd Street. And uh, I was there for 47 years and then uh, you moved across the street. Yes. Uh, eventually, uh, the book publisher, uh, Macmillan, uh, took over the Flatiron Building, and St. Martin's Press and Macmillan uh, took over the entire building and edged us out. All right, so now that they're moving out, are you going to move back in? Uh, no. No. <laughs> uh, we had, because we did so much work with that company, uh, we got a space right across the street on the other side of Fifth Avenue. And I've been there now for the last uh, 12 or 13 years. And so right now, the majority of your business is in repair and also refurbishing. Yes. Uh, the IBM typewriters have gotten less and less over the course of the years. Fewer and fewer customers have them. Uh, we still, and I still service them uh, but most of the business now seems to be the young, the youngsters who are discovering what a typewriter is. They want to write. They want to type on a typewriter just like the famous authors used to do. And they might have their computers, but they find typing it, they tell me there's less distractions. They have a better uh, thought process with their uh, typewriter. And we are selling and reconditioning the ones that they have. And we sell many typewriters to all the younger people who want to write. Well, what I also love by walking into your store and walking into the shop, um, the repair shop, is going into the back room and seeing the piles of typewriters and then going into the foyer where you have the reconditioned ones. How long does it take for a typical typewriter to be reconditioned? Well, and we're doing that. I do that all day long. I know you do. And uh, if I start on a typewriter to rebuild it, they're chemically washed, new rollers, any parts that look like they're worn or broken are replaced. And it will certainly take me and, uh probably into the second day of working on it before it becomes the finished product. Yeah, what people don't realize is all the work that goes into it. But at the same time, it's an obsession where the price is pretty reasonable. I mean, you can get a complete refurbished typewriter for three, four, five hundred dollars correct? Yes, that's, that seems to be the going rate for most of the machines. Of course, the older the machine, machines from the 1920s or 1930s, going to be a little bit more than a machine from the 50s or 60s. But uh, we sell them every day. They're being sold. What is it about a typewriter that someone should be looking for? 
Well, of course, everybody's interested in the feel of the typewriter. So I always encourage everybody to put their hands on the machine first. See what you feel with the machine. Uh, stronger, sturdier machines will last longer and have a better feel. If I had to mention products like the Hermes made in Switzerland. With uh, the bigger Hermes, not the smaller Hermes. Uh, even the portable, there's a Hermes 3000. There's the small one, the Hermes the baby. Rocket or Burby, Baby. Very, very well-constructed machines. And these machines were from Switzerland. Very nice. Olympia made very, very nice machines made in Germany. Well-built. I like those. I like those. You... You you sold me one of those brown Olympias, I forgot what it was called, but it, I think it was it's kind of a desk one, but it could also be portable, right. and it has such great action on the keys as well. Right. Well, those machines feel very. And those were from good. those were from the forties, maybe early fifties. Well, perhaps. I would say from the fifties, and it okay. stretched into the sixties. But the machine, if it was made in the fifties, well have a little better feel towards I think when I talk to people about typewriters, the biggest misconception they have is that there's just a few brands. But when you really start looking deeply into typewriters around the world, there are hundreds of different brands of typewriters. Right. Each country manufactured their own model machines, and most of them really very, very good. And, of course, here in the United States in the uh, 1920s and 30s, when you had the Royals, the Remingtons, the, the, the Smith Coronas, which were Corona, and then L.C. Smith, uh, all very, very well designed. In the United States, Remington was one of the first, yeah, correct? Yeah, Remington was one of the first machines, and you can go back into the early 1900s, uh, Remingtons, and then, of course, the Corona machines, folding Coronas, many, many different models at that time. And back in the late 1800s, they started with the machines. Uh, it was but, as early as the early 1800s? Yes, wow. they, they did manufacturers, but they were experimenting. That's right. Had, I think, didn't, I, I guess Lincoln wrote on a typewriter at some point or or Whitman did some of the, what was it, the Scholes typewriter? The Scholes typewriter, which right. was, I, I believe, one of the first manufactured typewriter. What is your favorite typewriters these days? What do you, what do you, what do you like working on? What do you like? What would you recommend for, as a starter typewriter for somebody? Well, again, like I mentioned, I sort of uh, go towards the Olympia uh, machines. I like the construction, the durabilities the feel of the machine. But Royal, all through the uh, 30s and 40s and 50s, also made a very, very nice machine, the Royal Typewriter Company. And Smith Corona. So I'd have to mention there are many that have a very nice feel to them, and they're very durable. Well, and you know, you're right. The key thing is just how different typewriters are and how unique they are. And how different writers and different people who are well-known enjoy writing on all of these different kinds of typewriters. I remember you telling me about Woody Allen coming into your shop. Well, he he himself doesn't no. come in, but the machine does come in. And it was an in. Olympia, right? Yes, he has an Olympia. They SM3. called it SM3. Right. Tell me about, is he very particular? Does he well, Does he go through a lot of them? 
No, no, he has one machine that I'm sure he's been using for years. And every few years it will come in uh, for maybe a, just a cleaning, a, a ribbon change, uh, maybe a stuck key. But uh, it, it is good to have the machine serviced and looked at from time to time. And that's what we do for many writers. How about Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks wrote a book called Uncommon Type, which is a collection of stories in which there's a typewriter in each one of the stories. Now, he's a customer of yours now, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, Mr. Hanks will come in from time to time. Uh, you really never know when he'll walk in the door. He uh, looks over the machines, and sometimes he'll point to a machine and say, well, I, I have that, I have that, I have that. And uh, because he does have a rather extensive collection of typewriters. Uh, but uh, there were times that he would see a machine and actually buy it and uh, give it a uh, give it away as a give gift, it a, a gift to like. somebody, and uh, and then people send him machines because they know he's a he is a typewriter enthusiast, so they send him a machine, and from time to time it will be shipped to us first for us to give it a look over uh, a servicing, a cleaning, and then it'll be shipped back to him. Now, interestingly enough, Paul Oster, I don't know if he ever comes into yeah, your shop. It's been, a, it's been a while, but he has been in. He, he actually wrote a book about his Olympia typewriter. I don't know if you know that. And his one, he, what he reads, what he types on is the Olympia SM9. Right. A little which is newer a big, version. Sturdy SM9. Yeah. Also, very, very good. Nice typewriter. He, I think he did also have a Lettera 22 at one point. Right. Which is all the Olivetti, which is quite yeah, good. Which is a nice machine, especially if somebody wants to carry it around. Yeah. It's a well-made machine, but very lightweight. It's Italian, I believe. Yes, right? that, they were originally made in Italy. And then, you know, the exotic ones like the Hermes or the Gromas, there were a lot of Eastern European typewriters as well, right? right? Yeah, Groma, Eastern European, Eastern Germany. Very, very good machine. Well-built, and they had a couple of different models also. And people have them, and they are brought in for the our shop overhaul, and in some cases, just a typewriter ribbon. So we do supply all that. Do you supply ribbons for all different kinds of oh, typewriters? Oh, yes. We have well? ri typewriter ribbons. We sell those. People come in daily for typewriter ribbons, and we have typewriter ribbons for just about every model machine. And we do get requests from people around the country who need a typewriter ribbon. And we will ship it out. What to are them. some of some of the strange requests you get for typewriters? Well, strange requests. Most of the requests we get are from people who find machines in their garages or basements, and it could have been their grandparents' or uncles' machines, and they want it to be restored. And in most cases, yes, we can restore that machine. Uh, from time to time, they bring you something that's so rusted and so broken up that I really can't, and they'll just, uh, uh, in some cases, just try, they'll tell me to try my best and just clean it. It might not work properly, but they'll put it on a shelf and know that was their grandparents' machine, and it is cleaned and polished to the best I can do. You And your dad, uh, how did he get into the business? Well, my father started this when he was maybe about 18 years old. He was going to a city college at the time. And was he, he an immigrant? Or no, no. He, he was, was born, born and here. raised in Brooklyn, New York, like a, like I was and my family was. But 
he uh, just got a part-time job while he was going to school, just cleaning typewriters and changing typewriter ribbons. And he did that for about a year or so and realized he can just go out and do this on his own rather than working for a small dealer. And he would go from office to office in Manhattan and ask, uh, do you need a typewriter ribbon? Do you need your type clean? And a lot of people say, sure, do it. And come back next month and do it again. And he just developed a following and a business. And he had a, a small little store uh, at Gramercy Park in Manhattan. And on he, street level, a street yeah, level street, store? Yeah, well, down a few steps at and the time. And people would come. And- yeah, it was mainly, mainly just a shop for him to work out of. And he would uh, just uh, call himself Gramercy Typewriter. He was, a gra- he was opposite Gramercy Park. And uh, that's where it all started. And I guess it was depression-proof as well, pretty much. Yeah, People well, still needed their typewriter. They had right? to have the typewriter, yes. When I go, I mean, I look at them as works of art to a large extent. I mean, the design elements are so beautiful as well on all of these different machines because each machine tried to sell itself so they had to look a particular way as, right. as well. Yes. And mm-hmm. in fact, some of them got very famous designers to design them. There's that famous one from Olivetti, right? The, the red one. The Valentine, the Valentine machine, which I believe is in the Museum of Modern Art. Right. Very, very uh, popular machine. Of course, we rebuild these machines and we sell them, but that's very difficult to come by. Uh, a good working machine the, for and they us don't to sell. and they don't works the, they, they don't type so well that no nah, it looks very it looks very great. nice if you're going to do a lot of typing you really want to do it's serious sats- typing That's- i think it's satsas uh was the designer i have an old photograph i started a pinterest page of old typewriter photographs and i came across this old photograph believe it or not because hermes is swiss or french swiss it's swiss and it's not connected to the Hermes not really, handbag no. company. No, or else it's some family, distant family relative, right. but really not connected. So I came across a really old photograph of uh, Ho Chi Minh in North, in North Vietnam typing on an Hermes <laughs> portable typewriter. And mm-hmm. I guess those were from his days when he was in Paris, and he probably mm-hmm. brought the typewriter with him. Right. No, that's... Very interesting. Yeah, no, it is really interesting. I mean, when you start getting into the world of typewriting, you begin to understand, you begin to understand exactly what happens all over the world and the connection, like in Australia, New Zealand, the different the different boards, right? The different keyboards. Different keyboards. Why are the keyboards different? It's how was a keyboard constructed typically? Well, for some reason they started with they called a QWERTY keyboard and that was the design of the keyboards here in here in this country and i really don't understand why in italy or in germany they they rearranged the keys in in a different manner yeah the z would be up yeah z and the y is in different places what i read was that the typewriters the the keyboards were designed based on how um how prevalent you use certain letters so the more popular letters were more central right. on the keyboard. On, a, on one line, on and one that's line how QWERTY came out right. for the, those letters to be more grouped together. You know, there's also, as you know, there's been a whole movement of typewriter art, of people who are using typewriters to make art. 
uh, uh, visual poetry, visual oh, art. We with get requests from time to time. Uh, they were making jewelry out of the key, the glass. Oh, they were actually key using the pieces to make jewelry. and making uh, different jewelry from the lettering of the keyboard. I also have artists who will take some of the older machines, uh, uh, an Underwood number five from the uh, 1910 or 1920, and they break it apart and they'll make sculptures out of it. And in some cases, I've seen a couple of lamps made where they would run wire through and put a shade on a broken uh, displayed Underwood number five, all different pieces and different oh, directions. And it really looks for... Urban. I've also seen there's there's actually in Miami there was a couple named Ruth and Marvin Sackner and they collected actual art pieces not from the made from the typewriter but from the typing so people would use the different colors and they would actually use the letters to create an artwork, an artwork on the paper itself. Oh, I've had artists who would only use the X key and make art just typing the letter x and in a couple of times they would come in and give me a typewriter but the x is now broken off from using it from oh for thousands of times and i'd have to uh, install a new letter x which of course you would take from the same model machine take it from one model and install it in that you're not going to get a brand new uh, keyboard, uh, key top, but uh, because I have so many machines, uh, hundreds if not thousands of typewriters in all disrepair, uh, our garages and basements are <laughs> filled with broken typewriters, and that's where I get my inventory of parts from. Is there a um, a loose knit group of typewriter shops around the country that you're in touch with? Are there people that you know in different communities? Well, there are, but again, very few. I know out in California, there's a California typewriter company. And uh, people from California will call us wanting to buy a machine. And of course, we'll just say, go to California typewriter uh, in uh, Massachusetts, in Cambridge, Mass., there's a typewriter company yeah, up I've heard there. Of that one. Very, very nice gentleman owns that. And uh, if somebody in that area calls and wants a typewriter, because we do get calls from people all over, we just recommend it. Well, if you're up in Boston, go in to see Cambridge Typewriter. It's a lot closer. And, and they'll do the same thing for us in Manhattan. Talk about, you know, sometimes people. They go on eBay and they look at a typewriter and they say, okay, they see the, they see an exotic typewriter for like $60 or something. Explain why that might not be the best route to go. Well, of course, now with the computers and eBay, people have their old machines. Uh, could be theirs, their parents, their grandparents' machines just laying around. And you can now put it on eBay and try to sell it and get get some money for it. But most of those machines are in disrepair. So people will buy a machine on eBay, get it shipped to them, and the shipping is usually costly. And then they'll realize that something just not working right. It's not what they thought. They would bring it to us. And I always tell people, we'll give you a free estimate. I'll look it over for you and see if it can be uh, repaired and reconditioned. 
And uh, a lot of times people buy these things on eBay and it cannot be cannot be repaired and uh, they have to try to get their money back, send it back to their and and try to return it. So buying things on eBay and, and sometimes you get something very nice and all it will need is a typewriter ribbon to keep it going. But in most cases, it's it's just an as-is machine. It's not a thoroughly reconditioned machine that uh, that we've gone over and, and sold like that. Well, you know, just to uh, talk about how the times have changed, I thought I would run down a list of some of these really well-known writers and the kinds of typewriters that they used. And um, people like Leonard Cohn. There's a gigantic, wonderful exhibition of his at the Jewish Museum in mm. New York, the musician Leonard Cohn. Right. And he wrote on an Olivetti letter of 22, right. which is, I think, a very popular It's a very popular machine. I had uh, one of those when I was in college, I think. Yeah. It, because it was a smaller machine that worked very well but they liked the size of it. It was able to carry it. It came in a zippered bag so that you could just, uh, it was really a Usually a blue bag of, with a yeah, nice blue, handle. Right, zippered. Yeah, and zippered. most people bring them in, the zipper is gone. I bet. So I tell them if you can go to a shoemaker, in some cases it could be re-sewn. But that was a very, very desirable machine. Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking that, I, I did some work for uh, Gay Talese, uh, a writer. Right. And uh, he had uh, he has some IBM typewriters in his home. The electric the, ones? Electric IBM wheelwriter typewriters. And from time to time over the years, he would call for service. But he also was writing on a Olivetti 22. Oh, he was. And uh, we overhauled it and serviced it for him. And no, it was a very popular machine. With a lot of writers. Well, I also, you know, some of the great advertising art came from typewriter companies. The Olivetti, they used to have some beautiful mm. artwork. Uh, right. Some of their posters and some of the yeah. designs. All I have to do is go online and look at them, and they're beautiful. I know my son Justin in the store that he just recently opened. Uh, on the walls, he has uh, designs of some typewriters, uh, pictures, and uh very interesting to see some of those. Well, because things. if you think about it, most of those designs, the real heavy sales, were between the 30s and the 50s and the 60s, which was a kind of golden age of graphic art and all of that sort of thing as well. And people would use them in their windows. I, I happen to own a, a Hermes Rocket, and I'm happy to report that Philip K. Dick, the great science fiction writer, used one of those as well. All right. And I can understand he must have been taking it all over the place because that is a, smaller, a quintessential smaller right. portable typewriter. Talk about typefaces and typewriters. Does every Olivetti letter of 22 have the same typeface? No, there, there are many different styles of type typefaces. Uh, you can go to the what they called elite type, which was 12 letters per inch, a smaller print. Uh, people like that. You can get more letters on a line. You were able to squeeze letter in, lettering on a smaller space. Uh, pica type styles, uh, a little larger, 10 letters per inch. And uh, there were different versions of the standard pica or elite. They had script. Uh, they had uh, gothic lettering. So there were a number of different type styles on typewriters. And most companies 
would have a chart of type styles. And when you would order the typewriter back then from the company, you can just uh, get request the style, the style well. that would suit your needs. Yeah, there's even a script. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's nice. um, probably one of the most famous guys writing on a typewriter because he did it on a continuous roll of paper was Jack Kerouac, who wrote On the Road on one gigantic continuous roll, uh, of. roll of paper. And I think the machine that he used was an Underwood of some sort, probably mm. a larger one, I would Right, imagine. it was a standard Underwood typewriter, and in some cases, the Underwood number five, which is a machine from the 19. Yeah, it was no I think it was the noiseless one. And then maybe. he, yeah, there was an Underwood noiseless, Remington noiseless. Right. Probably he had the, the Underwood. I like those. Yeah. Also, the Corona I like a lot. Yeah, is was there a Corona company or was Corona part of something else? Well, it, there was a Corona company and there was an L. C. Smith company, right? And that's how they merged and became Smith Corona. Ah, now were there a lot of mergers that went on? In oh your yeah, life and over the over the years, yeah, there were some different companies that merged, uh, but. No, that was one of the big ones, Smith Corona. And then it, they also merged with a company called Marchant, which was a calculator company. So that became SCM Corporation, which was the Smith Corona Marchant. And that was a rather large, large company, SCM. How do you, just on a, on a curious, um, just very curious, how do you feel about the change? the way the world has changed into this more technological world. And we don't have, we're not as physical with the way we write anymore. And it's a more, it's a more uh, digital world as opposed to a more analog world, the world that you live in. Well, it has, the world has passed me by. I'm still uh, typing my, my receipts and invoices. I still use my typewriter. I still have my adding machine. Uh, when it comes to these computers, um, like I said, it passed me by. I I don't use one at all. Uh, my son, who's part of the business, he of course has to use the computer. And you don't email even, do you? No, I don't. In email. fact, when I knew you were coming, your son emailed me. To right, I need him to do do all the, the technology part of. A Gramercy typewriter company. And he's just opened an amazing, but I think it's the only one in New York City, a retail shop, which is on 17th Street. 17th Street, just off 6th Avenue. Right. Uh, 108 West 17th Street. Small typewriter store, but he designed it and it's, it looks very nice as he. So you, you can actually walk in there, you can try out a typewriter, you can buy a typewriter there, you can even order one if there's one that you want that they don't Right, have. and if you have one that you want to drop off for a service, uh, that also is taken care of at the store. Yeah, the name is, he calls it Gramercy. Yeah, it's Gramercy Typewriter Company. Right, which is the same name as your repair shop. Right. Which is where now the repair shop? Well, we've always been at 175 uh, 174, we were at 175 in the Flatiron Building. We're at 174 Fifth Avenue, which is just 
between t- West 22nd and West 23rd Street. And don't in Manhattan. miss it because it's in a narrow building. <laughs> you can walk by it if you're not careful. And then you're on the third floor? Fourth floor. Fourth floor. Yeah. And that was our uh, place of business. But uh, probably at the end of this past year, uh, Jay, uh, he always wanted to have a retail store. He thought it would be uh, beneficial to have people walking in and seeing that we were there rather than coming up to the fourth floor uh, like people have done. And he, he worked on this store found this space and uh and it seems to be very good it really opened in this past february but it's very busy and we sell machines every day and drop off machines and machines being shipped to us from all over the country now you're in the bookshop you and your wife came down you're visiting miami or you're visiting south florida which south florida right and and Uh, you, you came you came by and you happened to we i just happened to have my producer here, and we're just so mm. thrilled that you could be with us today. Well, and what I, I want everyone to know is that if they want to find out about where you are, what is the website again? You don't know because to, you don't know about you're any of that You're talking to the stuff. typewriter. I can <laughs> tell you it's GramercyTypewriter.com. If you have any typewriter needs at all, make sure you get in touch with Paul uh, Schweitzer and his son, Justin or Jay at GramercyTypewriter.com. They are my friends, and they put out the greatest typewriters that there are, and they will answer any question that you have. Paul, it was really a pleasure having you on The Literary Life. I thank you. Well, thank you. It was nice uh, nice to be here in, in Southern Florida. Mm-hmm.